Welcome to our episode on the Dr. Lamb Show, where we have our guest, Dr. Bindia. She is going to talk about the post-COVID syndrome, and this is just so pertinent about what we are going to hear about, because most people, a lot of people have gone through COVID, and it's just so amazing to have her here. She is double-boarded by family medicine and also integrative um, medicine, and she has gone through even fellowships in integrative medicine and functional medicine training, so she's definitely um, one of our integrative um pioneers, you know, as doing a lot of yoga and Reiki, and she also does a lot of preventive and fertility help. So we're so grateful to have you on our uh, podcast today. And so why don't you tell us, uh, Dr. Bindia, how your integrative process, how your journey has come along. People love to hear that. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Lamb. So um, I'm an integrative and functional medicine doctor, like you mentioned. I've been practicing this way almost like 10 years. Um, you know, it's really a passion of mine to really help educate, inspire, and transform lives. Um, my journey to this world really started when I was in medical school, honestly. You know, um, I actually um, was dealing with a lot of stress myself in medical school, as you guys know, <laughs> it's very stressful, very competitive. And um, that's when I started doing a lot of yoga and meditation and um, just trying to get through the boards. And it kind of just, led into a whole new world for me. Um, I started off as stress management, but then I started realizing, actually, I really like this. I I really enjoy doing yoga. I really enjoy mindfulness. Um, I really enjoy doing Reiki. Is Is it possible that I could incorporate this with modern conventional world? And at that time, the answer was no. You know, at that time, it was like, no, you know, I had... We don't learn about it, right? You don't learn about it in medical school, Mm -hmm. right? So, of course, I was like the weirdo that wants to do all these things. Um, But, you know, I still pursued it. It was in the back of my mind. I remember my pharmacology professor, Dr. Marcos, um, he said... We were going through we were going through the mechanism of actions of like um, hypertension drugs, and we were talking about amlodipine. And I specifically recall, you know, he goes, "Bindia, it's not the mechanism of action; these are side effects, but these these are inevitably going to happen to patients." So here you are, you put someone on high blood pressure medicine, and now they're going to have a side effect, which is the mechanism of action, exactly. and. So they're going to have the leg swelling. So now you have to put them on another medication. So their legs don't swell and their legs don't hurt anymore. And I remember being like, what is this? Like, (laughs) I don't want to just push pills on people. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that was like my first wake up call where I was like, okay, Hey, something's not right. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I do have a psychology background. So I, you know, I graduated from the university of Georgia, um, with a biology and psychology degree. So I always knew mind body was just something I was really interested in. But, but again, I, I still don't know how I was going to incorporate all of this. And mm-hmm. when I got to medical school and I realized that pharmacology was <laughs> that I was going to end up being a pill pusher, I was like, something's, I, I can't do this. And right. learning yoga, learning Reiki, um, then becoming yoga Reiki certified. I, I, when I was going through residency or, or interviewing for residency programs, again, I didn't know that there were many integrative medicine, um, dual family medicine fellowships at that time. So I went the traditional family medicine route. And of course, at that time, that's when I learned about Dr. Andrew Weil and um, the fellowship and just fell in love. And I felt like I found my calling and my place of being a provider that could honestly 
be able to do what I wanted to do and practice the way I wanted to do. And so I completed my integrative and medicine fellow or integrative medicine fellowship. And then at the same time I was doing that, I was actually pursuing functional medicine. Um, and so functional medicine, and I'll just kind of briefly explain for people who don't know the difference. So integrative medicine is basically the modalities of like nutrition and it's um, the modalities of like mind body therapy, energy therapy, sometimes alternative therapies, right? And that's, that's integrative medicine. And I, that's incorporating that along with traditional conventional medicine, right? It's not, it's not foo foo weird. It's scientific based no. medicine, right? Functional medicine is a little bit different. So people are like, what is functional medicine? So functional medicine is getting to the root cause of the problem. And I use integrative medicine of the tools and techniques to treat the person in a very holistic way. So functional medicine, I'm usually doing functional testing. I'm looking at metabolic processes completely different. So I'm looking at different biochemical pathways um, and specifically doing detoxification differently or hormonal balance differently, or even um, looking at gut health differently. So, but it's the combination of both that I use in my practice today to kind Mm -hmm. of help my patients. So yeah, long story short, you know, I then had my own personal journey in residency and that was even more validation of why I need to practice this way. I love that. And thanks for, yes, definitely going through integrative functional, because I think maybe the lay person would not understand and integrative, I feel like is a very broad term and it's kind of just a catch all, like you said, it, 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 it comes into a play with the energy medicine, the acupuncture, the chiropractor. And then exactly. functional medicine is where most you, you see most doctors or maybe practitioners use more um, lab or objective-based biochemistry, yes. root cause um, type of testing. And But both are great, you know, yes. to be able to integrate everything together is what we, we both love to do. So that's yes. so, so great to hear from you. So, um, and you talked a lot about stress response. A lot of people hearing this uh, know about stress. Everyone has stress, right? Mm -hmm. And it just definitely um, presents in a lot of different ways in every different person. Can you kind of go a little more into what what it it looks for, for you, someone with chronic stress? Yeah. You know, my stress probably started off in high school. Let's be honest. I was an overachiever. You know, by the time I graduated high school, I already had um, two years worth of college credit. You know, I was always <laughs> just, yeah. just pushing myself. And at the time I had the energy stamina, um, you know, I had, I, I could do it. And I kept that mentality through um, college. I graduated um, from the University of Georgia in three years with two degrees. Like, again, I was pushing myself, pushing myself. Um, yes. I did have a break between medical school and, and undergrad, which was good. I think my body and my mind, body, soul really needed that. Um, yeah. Even though at that time, I probably felt like a failure because I was like, what am yeah. I doing with my life? Like, I should be in like, I should have really been in a six-year medical school program, you know, (laughs) society pressures. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Mm -hmm. it was good. I needed that break. Um, but so my chronic stress really started back then. Um, so then accompany that with chronic studying in, in medical school and, and, you know, just finding balance and there's a lot of competitiveness. I think I've always experienced and not really amongst other people, but really myself, you know, I always felt Mm -hmm. like I needed to be better than where I, than what I was. And, um, and not to prove it to my parents or anybody, but really to prove it to myself that I could do it. So really the stressors were within me. And, um, for me, that over time really took a toll on my body, you know, it took a toll on my body that, 
I wasn't aware of any of this stuff until, or wasn't consciously where it was going on until I started getting sick. It wasn't until I started having gut issues, hormonal imbalances. I started having acne headaches all the time. And I was just told in residency that you're just a stressed resident and get over it and, and you'll be fine. And yes. I'm, I was like, I guess you're right. Like, I guess it, this is, this is life. You kind of start accepting it a little bit. Cause you're, you, but at the time I also knew that wasn't right. Like it was just like, well, they're telling my doctors, my attendings and the top notch doctors at my program are telling me that I'm fine. And it's in my head. Maybe it is in my head. You know, you kind of start toying with that idea, but this is why. I also knew I had to pursue integrative and functional medicine, you know, and this is why I also had to know that I had to take care of myself. You know, I had formed a, a good meditation practice in medical school. So I kept that going and I still keep that going now. That's just something I do. I wake up every morning and I meditate for about right. 10 minutes. Um, even with kids, I have two young kids. It's still something I make a priority to do because for me, that's what worked when I was in medical school. And that's what still works now is I've got to make time for myself. Yeah. And meditation is just one tool that I have that I personally use for chronic stress management. There's other things I do, right? So, you know, yoga is another part. Exercise is something that's very important to me. I make it a priority. Again, I started really focusing on my health and wellness in medical school. And I did a lot of yoga back then. And I still do a lot of yoga now. Now I incorporate other, other forms of exercise. You know, I like to run, I like to run the, I like to use the Peloton bike, you know, I do different things, bar Pilates. So it's not just yoga. Like I, I was doing, um, solely in medical school, I've incorporated other forms of exercise, but it's again, finding something that works for you to manage your stress. The other thing that is really important for stress management for me is social connection, especially yeah. because of the pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, so important. So all these different tools I've learned over the years that how can I still be a good mom? How can I still be a good provider? How can I not be burnt out? How mm -hmm. can I still enjoy life? Because that's what it's ultimately all about so that I can provide the best care for my patients and for my family. Yeah, I love that. Balance is so important and trying to take care of yourself. I mean, yeah. what the everything that you said is, you know, a lot of people can resonate. We're type A people. Uh, we've gone, gone, gone. We want to be successful in life and we feel guilty when we take breaks, right? But really your body can only handle a certain amount. And so it's so important to set aside, like you said, that time every morning for yourself and find a way to balance and connect socially. So that's, that's great, you know, to to be able to, and during this COVID time, it, it's definitely been very hard. I would say I'm an extrovert, you know, and I'm sure it's been extra hard for extroverts to, to yeah. uh, find that connection with people. Um, I really felt it this one time when I did um, group classes uh, with a lot of my older um, fatigued uh, patients. I set this group class up and I didn't know I like just missed human connection so much because mm -hmm. after that class, I gave a lecture. I got to talk to all these ladies yeah. about fatigue <laughs> and I was like on a high. <laughs> and I was like, why? I just talked about fatigue, but it was just, I was drawing energy. Community. From all, these all about community yeah. at the end of the day. It was amazing, you know? And so definitely uh, during this time of COVID, it, it's been hard, but I think people have adapted really well to whether it's Zoom, right? Or or uh, who they can see. And and if they aren't, then they have to try to find a, a, an outlet on how they can socially connect. 
So talking about COVID, you are going to tell us a little about this post-COVID syndrome. Mm -hmm. Can you expand a little on that? Yeah. So, you know, um, approximately, um, and, 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 and this is just, um, you know, recent statistics, um, approximately about 55% of people already have been exposed to COVID naturally. Um, that's what it's believed. And in my clinic, I actually check antibodies all the time. So that's something I do just to kind of ensure someone has the COVID antibodies. Um, and that's, to me, it's kind of important that I do that. Um, but about 80% of people that have had COVID, they have, um, they have lingering symptoms and they, and they have a 50 different lingering symptoms. So some of the symptoms most commonly are like fatigue, shortness of breath, headaches, vague neurological disorders, attention deficit disorders, um, cognitive dysfunctions, hair loss is a really big one I see in my practice. People still have loss of smell and taste even after their, um, COVID sequelae has like, has improved. So there's so many different um, symptoms that people are experiencing with COVID and it, and um, initially when this was happening, um, there was no information about post COVID, the conventional medical doctors um, and um, nobody was talking about it. Nobody knows how to treat it. Everybody was just getting an antidepressant and saying, okay, well, we don't know what to do because uh, we just don't know. And there's actually a lot you can do about this. Mm, yeah. Well, like what? Um, so the, for the different symptoms or the underlying, you know, root cause of what the COVID, is there a pathophysiology of why, why COVID yeah, is causing so, issues? So from a functional medicine perspective, right? Like I have been treating chronic virus, viral infections for years. It's not just COVID. So in my toolbox, it's just COVID ends up being another viral infection. So you're still kind of using that same concept to treat patients. You know, ultimately it's still going back to some of the basics in functional medicine is um, number one, do they have any nutritional deficiencies? What is going on? in their gut. Cause again, I know I harp on this all the time, but in Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, um, that's my integrative world, right? The thing is all diseases start in the gut, right? And so you have to stern, you have to learn, um, about what's going on in the immune system, because a lot of these patients that have post COVID syndrome or they're long haulers, you know, their immune system is probably, um, probably was a little overactive, you know, most Mm -hmm. of the time, we're seeing that this is probably the reason why they ended up having the bradykinin storm or the cytokine storm, which made them have a harder time um, getting over COVID, right? Just in general, or, or the degree of how COVID affected them. So learning about what's going on in their gut, because that's where the immune system is housed in, is again, one of the first places I start. Going back mm-hmm. to gut health, you know, is there a bacterial overgrowth? Is there dysbiosis at uh, um, a an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. Are there parasites, you know, like what's going on in the gut? Because that usually, once we start addressing that, things again, slowly start getting better. Mm -hmm. Right. The next thing we start looking at is, you know, from a detoxification perspective, like why, why, why are they not getting better? Because there's some people that have COVID. I personally had COVID and I didn't have any lingering symptoms. I think I was down for maybe like um, two weeks max. And then I was Uh, by the grace of God, I was kind of back to normal, but not everybody experienced that. You know, I had my father-in-law also had COVID and it took him about six months before he got back to normal. So everybody was recovering differently. And Mm -hmm. so it also goes back to genetics and detoxification. Like what, how is your body able to get rid of the virus? Is your body able to get rid of the virus? Is your body holding on to the virus? So again, we're doing things with detoxification. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things like, again, like we kind of mentioned this earlier with talking about chronic stress, 
going back to the basics, going back to the nutrition, going back to your sleep quality, going back to some lifestyle measures of, are you exercising? You know, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things that, that we do to ensure that patients are, you know, getting better, um, putting them on supplements to support their energy, to support their immune system. So it's a very comprehensive approach. And you know what? Most of my patients get better. And most of my patients appreciate having that, um, dynamic view to their health. Right. So post COVID, like you said, is uh, we can treat like any other viral, right. Or a uh, stealth infection or we like to call them maybe because it, it comes, it goes, it's a, a, it's a virus, maybe like also like the flu virus that you can mm-hmm. build up your immunity. But um, when you do come into contact with the COVID and you have it, and then you try to recover, it depends on how your body recovers. And those factors, like you said, could be diet, exercise, lifestyle, nutritional deficiencies, or your gut health, um, and what you can do about the gut and then the detoxification. Um, Can you, can you go a little more into the the gut and how it, um, how it is connected with the inflammation and the immune system? Yeah. So, you know, most people don't realize it. Um, we're exposed to inflammation from, in various, from various angles, right? Let's just, let's just talk about like food in general, what we eat. We're exposed to so much inflammatory foods, right? And one inflammatory food for me may not be the same inflammatory food for you, right? Um, our, again, our bodies react differently. And, um, again, I, I'm a data girl. I like testing. I like to, I I don't like to guess. I like to kind of see things on paper. And so, yes, I am a big fun, uh, a big fan of functional testing. And I've done a lot of functional testing on me, so I can definitively tell you, for example, food sensitivities. I know there's a lot of criticism behind fruit food sensitivity testing, but I personally like it. And yeah. I can personally tell you because I use it on myself. And I, I can tell you when I get rid of foods that are inflammatory to my body, then a lot of my symptoms improve. And I will tell right. you a quick story. Um, I actually had, um, so I had two babies back to back and I ended up having, um, trigger finger on both thumbs after each baby. Well, the first time I had trigger finger, I actually, um, I was so desperate. I I needed a joint injection. I, one of my friends is a plastic surgeon. He's a hand guy. And so I went ahead and he gave me a joint injection. Well, the second time COVID happened and I was a little skeptical. I was like, well, I have a a baby. I can't really, I don't really feel comfortable going to get a joint injection right now. And I was desperate. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time I had, I had just done food sensitivity testing. Well, I'll tell you guys, like one of the things that popped up was eggs and I was nursing, uh, for a long time with my daughter and uh, I was eating a lot of eggs. Well, I looked at my food sensitivity and I actually cut that food out, right? Never really felt any issues with eggs before, Mm -hmm. but I cut eggs out and my trigger finger pain went away. Yeah. Make a difference. And and yes. I'm a testament to when you cut out foods that cause inflammation, that your it improves your overall immune system, but also your gut, your gut health in mm-hmm. general. So mm-hmm. so so that's the first thing I want to talk about when we're talking about inflammation in the gut is get rid of foods that are inflammatory to you. Most commonly inflammatory foods actually are things like gluten, dairy, eggs, corn, soy. Um, nuts, shellfish, right? They're common allergens, but for people, (laughs) sugar. Yeah. I I can't believe I forgot sugar. Yeah. But there's also other foods, right? Like for me, eggs popped up on my food sensitivity one time a few years ago when I did my food sensitivity, um, oatmeal popped up. So Mm -hmm. it's just different foods, right? You can eliminate the big guys, but if your symptoms are not improving, then you definitely want to get more specific and say, well, could it be tomatoes? Could it be, Mm -hmm. is it nightshades? Is it beans? Like, is it, 
Is it maybe coffee? Like who knows? Sometimes it's random things that your right. body forms antibodies to that causes inflammation. So, so finding your, your inflammatory triggers would be the first thing that I would recommend. Right. right. Again, we're, we're talking about like inflammation in your gut you know, we have different micro microbiome and microorganisms in our gut. Right. And if there's, we have good guys and bad guys, and they all should be living harmoniously in a perfect world, but that doesn't always happen. If we have a few of the bad guys that are that are more of, and they're, they have kind of taken over your gut, then guess what happens? That causes the inflammation. And so again, that's where that immune system link is when there's inflammation in the gut it affects your immune system. And you know what else is housed in your gut, guys, if you don't know, your neurotransmitters. And so that's why you're depressed. And that's why maybe you're craving sugars. And that's why you're maybe looking for your dopamine fix because your neurotransmitters start in your gut. So everything really is connected. All right. That's why they call the gut the second brain because yeah. your microbiome. It be the first brain, really. Yeah, that's true. It should be. It, yeah. It's telling you to, that you are missing that sugar cravings. Um, so now when I, I crave chocolate, I'm like, that's my microbiome talking. It's not me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And and I I love the fact that you brought up the food sensitivity and actually how it actually can change. You know, just because you did it now doesn't mean you're going to continue to have that food inflammation. Um, a year later or two years later, yeah. right? You said yeah. oatmeal in the past and now maybe it's tomatoes. And so even doing sequential testing, you can yes. eliminate it for now, but that doesn't mean that it's forever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I've done food sensitivity testing for years because it, it's it's something that worked on myself and my body. Um, and I, I do it probably almost every year, every other year, just to just to make sure things are in check. And you said it, some of the food sensitivities that I had when I first did my food sensitivity back in 2012, they're no longer present, but I have new food sensitivities. And yeah. remember, your microbiome is constantly changing, right? With pregnancies, with, with hormones, with diet, with lifestyles, with chronic stress. So I mean, so many things affect what you're sensitive to now and what have improved and all the work that you've put into repairing and healing your gut. Yes. So that inflammation, definitely we want to reduce, whether it's through food sensitivities or any of the foods that you're eating to eliminate through the gut, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing you brought out about post-COVID is um, detoxing. Okay. I know we're almost out of time, but if you can, uh, what, when you talk about detox, you're talking about genetic, you know, susceptibilities that can cause you to have issues with detox. Yeah. A little yeah. More I that. mean, you know, detoxing to me is very, you know, I look at phase one detox, phase two, two detox, which happens in your liver. Um, you know, we're also, let's go back to the gut. You're also, you also detox through your gut. So you want to make sure your gut health is optimized before you do a detox, because you know what, if you start a detox a day and, and um, you're, you don't have good gut health, then guess what? You're wasting your time, energy doing that detox. So you always start fixing the gut first. Um, I also look at genetics. So that's something I do at my practice too. Like majority of my patients, I get them to do a genetic test and I get to see specifically, you know, if they've got any SNPs or mutations that we need to kind of fix and enhance, because that'll also improve their over detox, overall detoxification system. So um, it's not quick fixes when it to- comes to detox. I know sometimes people will do a 24 hour fast and they call that a detox, or they'll do like a green juice diet for a week and they call that a detox. And I'm like, no, that's, that's no. not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or they'll do colonics. They'll do, yeah, I went to, you know, 
up, got like a series of colonics with this, with yeah. this, this guy down the street. And I'm like, that's awesome. But that's not the type of detox I'm talking about. Too fast, so, too stimulating, right? Too fast, yeah. too stimulating. You know, I'm looking at making sure you're detoxing from your liver, your gut, your kidneys, your, um, we have actually something called um, our lungs, our lungs need to detox and, and our heart an emotional detox, our skin. So there's so many things that we need to be detoxing appropriately kind of at the same time or in a strategic manner. So we're getting rid of toxins and Mm -hmm. guys don't just start a detox, especially if, if you don't know anything about medicine, you know, ask Mm -hmm. a doctor because it's not appropriate to always detox. Um, and if you don't do it appropriately, it can actually cause more harm than good. And there's different types of detoxes. Like for me, I detox my patients from viral infections. I detox my patients from, um, metals and toxicities. I detox my patients from hormonal imbalances. So there's so many different specific nuances when it comes to detox. And if you don't do it properly, you can cause yourself more harm or if you're pregnant or nursing, you can cause more problems to your future child. So um, there's so many things that you can't just, you can't just do things on your own. You need to have, you need to really work with um, integrative functional medicine doctor who can show you how to do things the right way. I totally agree. Yeah. Getting on a comprehensive program and not just doing one at a time. That's what you need to do, right? You're you're not only doing the gut health, you're doing the detox at the same time. You're dealing with the stress, you're dealing with the lifestyle factors. So that's what integrated functional medicine is all about. And I I love that uh, you do that. And we do that too, um, to be able to help a lot of our patients. It's step-by-step, step. you start low, you go slow, but, and it takes time and you, it takes patience, yeah. but that's the long-term goal that you want to get better. You want to get better for a long-term and have a good quality of life rather than just the yeah. quantity that people yeah. are looking for, right? Yeah. Well, it's just been great talking to you, Dr. Vindia. Um, And so thank you so much for teaching us about post-COVID, about gut health, about food sensitivities, and, you know, dealing with chronic stress. If uh, people wanted to find you, where where would be the best place that they would be able to contact you? Yeah. So, you know, my website is drbindiamd.com. Um, my practice is Revive Atlanta MD in Decatur, Georgia. Um, so the practice website is um, reviveatlmd.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm not really onto Twitter, but it's just at drbindiamd or at reviveatlmd. Okay. That's so great. Yeah. So people in Georgia, hopefully they are able to find you. We do telemedicine also there. So that's I'll, I'll be sending people over if they uh, need a more uh, in-person and a total body approach. Awesome. That's great. So um, yeah. this is the Dr. Well, thank Lamb you show. so much for having me today. Yes, uh, this is a Dr. Lamb show and uh, we deal a lot with integrative medicine and functional medicine. And we uh, love to talk about this and be, to be able to change the future of medicine subscribe and like our podcast and make sure to share and we'll stay tuned for your next episode. This podcast has been produced and broadcast solely for informational and educational purposes by Lamb Clinic. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The products and supplements discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your own doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and Lamb Clinic does not endorse or accept responsibility for any of the statements and views made by guests. The views and opinions of guests in the podcast are their own and do not reflect those of Lamb Clinic. 
This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on the podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in the products or services referred to herein. Podcast listeners should always seek the advice of their physicians or other qualified health providers with any questions they may have regarding their own medical conditions. Podcast listeners must always continue to follow the advice of their personal physicians for all of their medical needs.